Well, hello and welcome to the weekly governance update from VLGA Connect. It's a pleasure to have you with us and I'd love to introduce you to Stephen Cooper, who joins us each week. He's the governance bureau at VLGA. Oh my God. We are here at the VLGA Fast Track Leadership Day for 2021. Well, we're sort of recording live, but um, for those that are watching, it's obviously not live. But yes, it's and as good as it gets. Important to note that this was the last event the VLGA held in person in 2020, and it's the first one back in person after COVID. And we're all happy to be here. In fact, mightily relieved. Indeed. So, Steve, you've got a big day ahead with Fast Track Leadership, but of course you've been out and about. Um, what have you actually been up to? I've like? actually been on the road, Chris, yes. believe it or not. It's yes. been terrific. So I got this week to go to beautiful Foster in South Gippsland Shire to do some work with a community leadership panel, oh, cool. a group of 20-odd local community leaders that the council's working with. Um, and that cohort's just about finished. Um, their program and there's going to be another um, cohort commence uh, next month. So the council at South Gippsland is working to support local community leaders on good governance. Some might make a decision to stand for council because you'll recall that that council is currently suspended yes. and um, they'll have elections in October. But some people might just decide that their leadership role is in the local community and if we can support good governance, that's a good thing. It is a really good thing to do. We've seen that done in a number of places in the lead up to council elections with, with great results. And as you say, might not necessarily bring forward new councillors, but it certainly builds that capacity in the community for the leadership that you see people on um, advisory committees, all those other groups that still contribute to community life. Absolutely. And if those local committees understand good governance, they're actually liaising or engaging with the council on a more strategic basis, talking about shared objectives and things like yeah. that, rather yeah. than being a bit shouty. So that's helpful. Indeed. So we're doing this week's episode part way through. Uh, of jam-packed Fast Track Leadership Day for 2021. Um, and some, some highlights already in my view, um, I'd be interested to hear yours, but Minister Sean Lean opened the proceedings this morning and I was taken by his willingness to um, field questions from all over the place from the councillors in the room. Oh, fabulous for the minister to spend probably 40 minutes um, fielding a Q&A from a diverse group of councillors and, and they didn't hold back in terms of very respectfully asking some quite difficult questions. Yeah, what was your key takeaway do you think from that? I thought the candour of the Minister's response um, in regard to a particular question about rates from rural councils and acknowledging that a particular farm lobby for example was um, really being um, advocating firmly for the farmers' rights and the Minister was quite prepared to own that issue and to basically deflect the, the tension away from the councils to government who set the structure for rates. And I thought that was really, as Humphrey would say, very courageous Minister. Yeah, indeed. And I, I noticed he was also very uh, positive in responding to a question about how we can in future uh, remove some of the disincentives to people running for council in the first place. So the example was, you know, the, the remuneration is pretty low, the time mm. commitment is very high, and it did actually stop some people from proceeding with nominating for council last year. Yeah, and interesting talking about um, my trip to South Gippsland because that in that particular community panel, the issue of councillor allowances was raised and the comment was made in the panel that panel, as it was again this morning, that this is potentially a disincentive to people, you know, particularly those who um, 
economically are less able to stand for council from actually standing and remembering we've got uh, the um, Gender Equality Act being implemented where we should be looking at barriers to entry for political life and for council services yes. and so on. So it's a live topic. So um, when I say this next thing, I'm not being at all critical of previous local government ministers, but this minister uh, is very clearly genuinely interested in the sector. And it's, it's great to see. You can see it too. And I think this topic of accountability washes through, Chris. So it's sort of interesting that the minister made a comment a couple of times this morning that he said, I'm not an expert. You know your council business. I don't know that, but I can do my role as a minister without sort of necessarily making promises. Yes, yeah. But there is a genuine um, sort of a, um, an understanding, I think, by the minister that he's prepared to, um, to look seriously at the issues that are coming up from the sector. Terrific. And, and great to have that access, uh, Steve. The, the panel this morning around leadership and the role of the mayor was just brilliant. So Nolene Duff, um, Tony Rownick and Sarah Ray uh, talking about how the mayor in particular can manage the conflict, the culture, the people, all those challenges. It was a pretty, and I know there was a Chatham House rules, uh, so we can't talk in a lot of detail about the questions, but it was a pretty no holds barred conversation, I thought. Oh, absolutely. And um, I think on a day like today, you're always a bit confronted early on. It was like, wow, that yeah. example was very personal and um, great group of councillors and some great questions. And what the, the panel started to unpack was those dysfunctional behaviours that we actually don't name as part of the culture of an organisation. And the really good thing about that particular panel with Tony's experience as a lawyer and mayor, Nolene, 19 years at Whitehorse and her current experience at, uh, at Casey and the fact that Sarah is a preeminent conflict resolver mm, yeah. was that you had this nice diverse view that gave some really good strategies in terms of approaching the problem in a way that is not confrontational and I think would have built a lot of self-awareness uh, for people participating in the, in the discussion. So Nolene Duff particularly uh, outlined the role and the responsibility of the councillor to engage with the decision-making process, which I thought was, uh, was really good. Chris, I felt a bit contrite at that stage because, and you may have done it too, um, I've made this sort of joke at times about that councillor that, you know, that we all know that's um, walked into the council chamber f pulling the, the yep. agenda out of the envelope for the first time and thinking, oh, no, they well, haven't read it. Well, it's not a joke for me because I've seen it happen, Steve. <laughs> so it, it actually has happened. Perhaps but, not so much these days. No, well, one would hope <laughs> not. But I think the reminder I got from Nolene's comment, Chris, was that, in fact, it's so important that... As she described, if you've got, better than me, if you've got a group of councillors making decisions because they've taken the trouble to inform themselves, then you would imagine they'll be more respectful of the reasons why other councillors might disagree, that at least the disagreeing opinion is well informed. Yes. And there's a much better chance of the whole council group owning the decision compared, compare and contrast with that circumstance where decisions are made for political reasons, possibly outside the chamber even, um, and not, for, not in accordance with the way that the council actually states that it should be operating. All right, so still to come uh, at the time of recording, code of conduct discussions, and I know some of that was coming out in the panel discussion this morning, so that's going to be interesting. And you've got David Wolfe and some, some other very experienced people to participate We've got, there. As well as David, who we're 
wraps I have, we've got Peter Stevenson who wrote the monitor reports into South Gippsland and going back a little bit further into Wangaratta Council, but has also been a mayor and councillor, and also Melissa Scadden from Justicia Lawyers, who is another rather expert dispute resolver. Indeed. Yeah. And your last panel is really about how to set yourself up for success as a councillor for the year ahead, or for the term ahead, I guess. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, the, the logic we use, Chris, is that culture can be a deep, dark hole. And if, you, if all you do is talk about culture and conflict, well, that doesn't take you anywhere. What's really important too is to talk about where do we go from here? How do we engage with the community? How do we strategically set up the organisation to operate effectively? How do we manage our stakeholder relations? So uh, we've got a panel comprising um, Nicola Wass from uh, RPS Consultants, uh, Kate Redwood, uh, former Melbourne and Hepburnshire councillor and the Joe Carboni. Joe Carboni, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. who had some has a, an extraordinary um, public health and corporate background, as well as being a local mm. government CEO, including at Whittlesey, where Indeed. he would have had some interesting experiences. So we're really looking forward to, to what that panel has to say. Terrific. Great program you've put together. I know the councillors participating will get a lot out of it. Those who can't be here, uh, don't completely miss out because there's some um, some highlight videos being prepared that they'll be able to watch after the fact. Which yeah, is and great... I would have thought, check your local VLJ Connect YouTube page. Indeed. And they'll all be posted there, Chris. <laughs> very, very good. Now, you were not at the PCB meeting this week for the Local Government Act implementation, probably because you were in Foster. I That's suspect. true. But uh, good to report that... Uh, those implementation stages around code of conduct and community engagement policies have all been ticked off, Tick. which is uh, great news, with the obvious exception of South Gippsland because they haven't gone to election yet. So uh, well done there to everyone in the sector for getting those uh, significant pieces of work done. I think you'll find that South Gippsland have done the pieces of work. So the, I know, that, in fact, I do know mm. that the administrators have, as a council have adopted both of those, uh, the Code oh, of Conduct good. and the Policy, which is terrific. Um, of course, they'll need to do it again once they have councillors. That's the point, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. Chris, the other thing is that I know that um, Local Government Victoria, part of the next stage is to do some work around the capacity requirements of councils moving through the next part of the year. So that'll be a really interesting piece of work. Excellent. We'll leave it there. Thanks, Steve. Great to see you, as I say, in three dimensions. Who knew? (laughs) For the governance update this time around. We'll talk to you again next week. So that's it for another governance update. Back to Zoom next week, I'm afraid, but we'll cope with it. And we look forward to having your company here on VLGA Connect. 